podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-form parlor. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leo. She could she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go and Hello and welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast, uh, where um, today uh, we come off the back of a uh, one or draw away at Brentford. Um, stops the rot um, after a few defeats um, in a row. Um, it was a decent performance, I thought, overall. I was there yesterday. Um, I'm a, probably let you know now, very hungover today. If anyone's watching me on YouTube, I'm, I'm very fluffy. I've lost my hat. Um, it's one of them, <laughs> it is. It's one of them, mate. Um, and do what is. We're going to go straight in with a clip as well. I can do this one today. Uh, okay. This is me. I don't know. It's just whatever. Everyone's had a drink. <laughs> yeah, that was me yesterday. But look, I'm all right. I'm looking forward to the podcast today. Uh, Jack is in South Africa, um, so he's not with us today. Um, we are, though, going to be joined a little bit later on by Chelsea from UNFS to talk about the singing section and some of the problems we've had there um, and just get an update in general about what they're doing at the moment. So we'll do that a little bit later on. Um, and yeah, so uh, joined by Rick and Jordan. Uh, Rick, that song choice was um, <laughs> <laughs> suggested and, and picked by yourself. I like it, mate. Good one. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> people keep, they do, they they obviously mention Brendan's size, don't they? So I thought it was worth bringing in, but um, it's, yeah, we wish, we got a point. We wanted mm. three, didn't we really? I mean, is one point good enough? It, the performance was better for. I, I have to hold my hands up. I was away yesterday, so I couldn't get to the game. Didn't get to see it. I've seen extended highlights, but overall performance did look like it was a proper performance. It wasn't, a, you know, a fortuitous point. Um, right. And yes, we need wins, but yeah, take the positives if we can because we're, we're fighting for our lives. So yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm feeling relatively optimistic. I know. Yeah, quite strangely today about that that performance. But Rick, um, last week we got to talk about last week's episode. It was it was pure chaos, um, like yeah. led directed by yourself. Um, are we going to have yeah. similar today? No, I don't think I've got it in me today. I, <laughs> last week was a funny one because the week before I wasn't happy with my contribution. My my connection was poor. I was having to. Uh, sort of mind the kids as well i wasn't happy and i was angry with what was going on so yeah. last week i had a lot of pressure <laughs> on my shoulders to deliver and i don't know whether i did deliver it was just an utter nonsense but um yeah i, I don't know i'll I, you know i don't want you in for a boring uh episode from me but because i don't bring any actual content in terms of football related knowledge but yeah i don't know I, it's going to be hard to peak with that with fingering eels and also what on earth was i on about with that i don't even know whether i meant that i mean uh, who knows i who mean knows? honestly the amount of people um who've asked me and messaging me what did you have to edit out from rick last week <laughs> yeah and obviously I, 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 i've I had a lot of people is. ask yeah. me well, no, I'm, I mean, it's not even that exciting, to be honest. It it just came out badly, didn't it? And wasn't worth putting in. But yeah, I think the mystique is probably better than what yeah. it actually was. So mm. whatever. Maybe mm. if we stay up, um, 
will tell you, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm still not <laughs> sure. But anyway, no. Jordan, mate, how are you, pal? I'm really well, mate. Um, it good, seems good. like one in, one out at the minute, doesn't it? I was obviously in Germany last week, Jackson, South Africa this week, and it seemed I enjoyed I enjoyed the uh, episode last week, but it seemed like you know Rick was off the leash because the week before, um, <laughs> it was chaos, he, mate. It was, it was chaos. He was, he was very quiet, and uh, I just think for anyone who's listening this week, that that's one what happens when I'm not trying to reel Rick back in. I think. Mm. Um, with his anti anti Rogers tirade, um, I read some two. of your texts this week, pal. You and some <laughs> of your texts this week were wavering. Well, um, well, yeah, we'll come on to that, I imagine. And then, and then, two again. That that is an insight into the chaos that is our WhatsApp group. Um, and Rick's eleven minute voice notes on Robbie Williams concert. <laughs> and I, I've said it before, and I say it again. It all it it all points to an audience with Rick. And the big mm. strong Leicester boys at Everard's Brewery at the end of the season, and I, I'm happy to champion that for charity because I think that'd be a, a good do. Yeah. Well, look. Um, <laughs> since we, we, we've mentioned it now, if that's something people would want, um, then we can definitely look to try to do that at the end of the season. I think it'd be great. Um, but Jordan, other than people asking me what Rick said last week, the other thing that people have been constantly saying to me this week is, is Jordan still Brendan Rodgers in? That they're they're the two topics, mate, that I get asked more than anything about this podcast. You know about Rick um, <laughs> and his and his and his chaos, and uh, and and you and your your Brendan Rogers in. Um, I, I know we haven't even spoke about the game yet, but um, I'm sure you still get kind of hammered for this or, or asked about it, you know, nonstop, right? Oh, in in my other WhatsApp groups, mm. I'm the only one who I get hammered because I always say, "Oh, we'll be fine, we'll be fine," and every week it comes out. Last week on the stag I said, I tell you you're in trouble, Palace. Yeah. Palace are in trouble. And they're like, but we've just lost to Chelsea and we blow them. I'm like, yeah, but Palace, Palace are in trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did think yesterday if we'd lost, I was thinking I think the only thing we could have done is change the manager. Um, yeah. But I feel like I've been pigeonholed as the Rogers in <laughs> brigade on my own now. Um, maybe we're a silent majority, but... Uh, well, you know, we got a point yesterday. I don't think they'll they'll sack him now. I think they'll give him to the end of the season anyway. Either way, you know, it's international break now. Um and we've we've got enough there surely to get the points on the board. But yeah, yeah yesterday, you know, I, I said in the group, Rick, didn't I, if we didn't win yesterday, what would it have been? Six defeats on the bounce? And I'm sure I'm right in saying under the King Power regime, you know maybe six defeats on the bounce had never been done or if it had it was like the end for the manager so I did think well, he survived he didn't he he did survive we, we'd had that before. yeah at the start of the season yeah. then it was like he got forest didn't he and by the skin of his teeth and we battered him but yeah it was it, yeah you're right I can understand why um, you know people don't want him here anyway but I'm not I'm not like so ultra Rogers in that he has to stay at all costs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be yeah, an absolute, yeah, yeah. absolute disaster if we get relegated. Um, but, you know, I do think Jack's still on the fence and, and, and yourself, Jake, you've wavered a little bit recently. But um, yesterday there were, again, some positive signs, whether it's just um, you know, a little bit too late, uh, too little too late, we'll, we'll see. But I thought we played quite well. Mm. It is an interesting one, though, with Rogers because... Um... I believe, um, well, I was told by somebody that that had Leicester lost yesterday, Brendan would have been sacked. 
Um, mm. And and you look at it on the on the on the face of it, as you then head into that international break, and then you've got the next three games against what is it, Palace, Villa, and Bournemouth. It would mm. be the time to do it, and it's actually quite strange in some ways because obviously you yeah. never want the team to lose. But say for instance, if you really really did want um, the change to happen, then then you there probably would have been part of you which would have been okay with Leicester losing yesterday because it it would have meant that that Brendan then would have lost his job. Um, but you know, it, just drawing that game now, which doesn't do loads really for for our chances mm. of staying up. And it, it now probably guarantees that he'll stay to the end of the season. That's my feeling and, and attitude towards it anyway. Um, and then I want to actually talk about um, Brendan Rodgers and some of the stuff which happened in the, the stands a little bit later on. We'll do it after we speak to, to Chelsea. But let's actually talk about the, the game, first of all. Um, See, so yeah, I was there yesterday. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I actually thought the, the atmosphere in, in the away end was really good yesterday. Um, One of the few times where I thought we were significantly louder than than, than the home end. And I think we actually made a difference yesterday. I thought I thought we were good. I thought we were really good. Um, the, the the performance itself um, in the first half, I think I, I said to you guys, it was kind of same old Leicester in that we were we were decent. We were playing nice stuff, but too easy to score against and, and not taking our chances. But you know, but we were all right. It's like the same things I say every week. We're, we're never dreadful. We're just we're just okay. We're decent. And then the second half, we were we were the much better team. And I, and I was thinking about it. I don't think Daniel Everson had any saves to make other than the obviously the goal he, he conceded. So it, Leicester were by no means battered. They were, they were they were comfortable, but I don't think we really probably carved out enough opportunities in the end to to have said that we deserved to win that game. Um, I thought that Harry Souter was was outstanding. I thought comfortably the best player on the pitch. Still a little little bit limited at times with the ball at his feet. But that's fine. But I thought defensively he was he was rock solid and really led that back line, marshaled it. You know, and someone who was six foot six should be winning his headers, but he won all of them. Um, and also, I thought an, another positive was Wilfred Ndidi. You know, we've been saying it for a little while now that he needs to find some form, and I thought that that's the best he's played in a long time. Again, you know, still not the, the levels he once was, but I think that's the best Ndidi has played in a, in a long, long time. So overall, I thought it was a decent performance, a, a decent point. But unfortunately, because of the other results as well, it doesn't do huge amounts, does it, for, for the league position. Um, but, you know, if, if you're going to do some managerial speak and some Rogers stuff, it's it's something to build on, isn't it, um, Rick? As I say, I didn't get to see the game live, um, but I've caught extended highlights and tried to read up on unbalanced reviews and reports and stuff. But, yeah, the Sutar, from what I saw, I mean, there was one run... Uh, in the second half where he sort of marauded forward, didn't he? And he nearly had a shot that got blocked. Yeah, uh, that, yeah he did. It reminded me of Harry Maguire, that. Um, mm. And we need a defender like that. We've missed that since Fafana's gone. Uh, they're, they're different players, but we do need that because it, we defend high. So if you defend high, you need your defenders to also break the lines as well because otherwise it can be quite static. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the one that I wanted to talk about as well, that we've we've not hammered him because he's been bad. We've probably stuck up for him and said he needed a breather. But Dewsbury Hall yesterday, yep, was far better. far better. better. Yeah, he was, he was. You know, he's always going to be scruffy with his first touch, and the way that you get Dewsbury Hall as a, a force is you open up the pitch so he can drive forward. And the only way, the only place he does that is in that left side of midfield, in the central midfield. Why Brendan moved him to the right side of central midfield for a while, it just didn't work because he's only got one foot. <laughs> yeah. He's always checking back. And with a bad first touch, he was often then getting dispossessed. But you get him on the ball. And then with 
I mean, at the minute, we haven't got Christiansen out there, but Castagna and with Barnes, that little triangle that opens up the pitch, it worked. And, you know, the, look at his pre-assist for, for Barnes's goal. Uh, and that was even him taking the ball and, you know, winning it and it being a bit of a bobbling around where he can sometimes come out second best. That was what we'd been missing. Um, and, you know, I really... I, it's just nice to be able to talk about some meaningful things in a game um, and hope that he can now build on it because we need Jusbiel. You know, we need players that it means. Not not saying that the majority of this squad won't care if we get relegated, but he knows what's on the line here. Not yeah. only for himself because yes, he's a Premier League player, but he's he doesn't guarantee walk anywhere else. I don't think he'd, he'd be dropping down into the Championship with us. And he wouldn't necessarily be coming back up. So he knows what's on the line. And I, I felt from, from what I saw yesterday, he, he put in the performance that we need um, for the rest of the season and and, and so on. So, um, yeah. And did he look like he won some some challenges and marshaled better? Um, Barnes, you know, he, he, he'd been quite fairly quiet on the in recent weeks. It was... Um, yeah. But, yeah, I... We're going into the break now. We stop the rot. Okay, from a points position, position uh, where we are in the table, we're not really achieved that much other than at least we've not lost. And Brentford at home are quite a formidable beast. You know, I still am where I am with Brendan. I don't think he is the man to take us forward long term. Is he the man to even keep us up? I don't think so. But the board are the board. And I don't, I don't even think if we'd lost yesterday, they would have sacked him because I still think there's a genuine just blind spot there that they don't know what to do with. So, yeah, I, I can't really say anything more. I'm not going to flip-flop. He's certainly, he's certainly not done enough because the subs yesterday, we looked like we had momentum and we got the bit between our teeth to, to perhaps be the team to go on and win it. Yeah. We took Tete off who, obviously... I was Tate's number one fan and still am. He'd had a relatively quiet game with a few flashes of brilliance. That sort of five minutes prior to when he realised he wanted to take him off, he came to life. Um, and likewise, Dakar's movement off the ball looked a lot better yesterday. And he brought Pratt and, um, and Vardy on. And I don't think they did enough to warrant us winning the game. Whereas Tate and Dakar... I think we would have created at least one more goal scoring chance that arguably you take that you've won the game. So yeah, I, I feel like our subs at the minute are just not good enough. Okay, mm. maybe lack of options, but yeah, yeah, I think that's what it I think that's what it is, to be honest. But I, mean, I don't really have that much of an issue with the subs. You know, he's he's bringing on like for like players in terms of a, a winger and a striker, you know, to freshen things up. But yeah, the, the reality is is that, that neither Pratt or Vardy did have an impact. And in hindsight, yeah, you're right. We should have either just stuck with the two. Or maybe brought on Ian Acho or or done something else, but I just think yeah, it's probably made a, a, a lack of options in terms of you know, there's no real point bringing on Pratt as a winger because he's he's not a winger, and even if Tete is playing quiet, you're probably better off keeping him on the pitch unless he's unless he's tiring. But he didn't appear to be. Um, but now I agree, Matt and Juice Hall. I thought he, he it was his best game for a while. Again, you know, not brilliant, but a lot better. And interestingly, on that defensive line which we spoke about um, before, I feel like they did sit deeper yesterday. I felt I felt like they did, and I, I think that that maybe, and say so we'll, we'll have to wait and see, Jordan, if you know <laughs> next time we play. But maybe just maybe because usually managers are stubborn and they don't change. 
But maybe Brendan has looked at that and just told him to, to sit, you know, five yards deep because I, I did get that feeling yesterday that we weren't as high and that obviously suited Amati and, and, and Harry Suter who looked who looked solid and looked very decent yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it probably suits Suter and more so Amati, I imagine, that, that they've got even Tony to look after. He's not going to go in behind you. He's not got the pace. Um, and I think they had Wissa and Mbwemo either yeah. side. They're both rapid. They're quick, and they're yeah. Handful, but, and then obviously your fullbacks, our fullbacks are pretty capable and they're fairly quick. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. I think we looked a, a little bit deeper, probably 10, 5, 10 yards further back than the special Southampton game. Um, Suter was absolutely marvellous. Um, like, like I say, it suits him playing someone against even Tony. Um, do you know what? I... This is a side point. I still don't understand why everyone raves about even Tony, to be honest. Um, but Castagna probably his best game for a few few a few weeks um, over at left back. Uh, I know he never he doesn't want to play left back, but he he played quite well. Amati still looks like a bomb scale when he's got the ball at his feet, <laughs> but he just defended comfortably. Um, there, there was there was one point though, sorry, in, in in the first half where a ball came flying over the top of um, Amati, and he did the most perfect, beautiful touch, just plucked it out the sky, and then just played it then back to uh, Everson in in goal. And it was just like if 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 you'd never watched Daniel Amati play football before that point, you would have thought he was incredible. It was the, it was like yeah, it was just it just plucked it beautifully, jawed out the sky. He did a cross turn on the edge of his own box as well. And I said, I said to my dad, like, he's obviously, you know, he's not, he's bereft of confidence and he, he is a bit of a, a bomb scare. I like him, I, because he's come into mm. the team more often than not and done a fairly solid job. And I don't know what more you can ask for him. And I said to my dad, I said, this guy played in the World Cup. You know, yeah. he can't be that fucking bad. He played in the World Cup. But you mentioned it there, um, Everson, huge call to change the keeper. Yeah, um, I right came one. on this pod a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I defended Danny Ward, and then at the first goal last week, I just thought I can't really defend him anymore. Even the second yeah. goal was just like, come on. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if changing the keeper made the back four a little more confident in in, the, in themselves as well. Um, mm-hmm. And we looked very solid. I mean, I think and Blaine had a, like he whistled one wide, and then the, their goal. Again, it's a set piece. It was pretty soft, but it takes two deflections. Um, exactly. I don't yeah. know about you. I can't remember the last time we got a bit of look like that, where someone, you know, <laughs> we're getting two deflections and it's going under the keeper and going in, and that's what happens when you're down there. Mm. Um, I have to say, I, I, I missed the WhatsApp chat before. I wish I was a little bit taller. That did, I, that did go over my head. That joke, and I actually thought it was to do with Suter and Indeedy. Because Wolf no. comes back in. I thought Wolf was a bit untidy in terms of possession. He gave the ball away a few times. But it yeah. looked a bit like the Wolf of old. And again, like, um, I mean, I used to live in Brentford. I used to watch them quite a lot at Griffin Park. And they used to play some lovely stuff. As soon as they come up to the Prem, the first time I saw them players, he's turned them into like a modern day version of Stoke. Like long throws, drill it forward up to Tony. So that suits suitor and, and especially in Didi so I can see why he brought Wilf back in um, Tete I thought played okay I think he's getting a bit a bit of a unwarranted stick to be honest he's coming into a struggling side he's never played in the Prem he needs to get used to the pace and the physicality 
And like you said, Rick, before he came off, he nearly scored an absolute wonder goal. He did the little Brazilian dribble through two lads and his shot was blocked and it was on target. I didn't think the subs were right, um, Pratt on. Uh, and Vardy's got no pace anymore. What, what, I, I what would you have done? Yeah, what would you have done? I'd, I'd, have just, I'd left it as it was for a bit. We were on top. Yeah. Um, I, I was, was going to come on to Dewsbury Hall in a minute, but I thought Madison was pretty poor um, by his standards. Yes. And the thing is with Madison is, I noticed it the other week, I can't remember who he played, and all the pundits, oh, it was Southampton, all the pundits went, oh, Madison, he's bloody brilliant. He's, and I thought, well, that was him. That was a five out of ten for him. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is you get with Madison is his five and six out of ten, he's still our best player. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I was, and, I was, I was know, saying this afterwards, George, that, that yeah, he, he wasn't at his best yesterday. And the difference was, if he had been somewhere close to his best, we would have won that game yesterday. That was, the, yeah. that was the only thing lacking, that little bit of, of spark, which he just didn't quite have yesterday. And say it's not a criticism of him because you can't expect him to, no, to carry us every single game. But if he was at that level, we would have won. It was, it was, it was that kind of close margins, I think. And, that, and that's what you know, like a lot of the time with, with someone like, not just Madison, but, you know, players of that, in, in Pearson's word, of that ilk, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time they're always trying to play the through ball, like a needle in the haystack pass, and they give it away. They try the complicated thing. And if it doesn't come off nine out of ten times, you get so angry with him. The one pass goal, great finish from Barnes, but that one pass, you know, he's the only player in the team that could thread that through to Barnes. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and again, again, that's the thing. Barnes, is he says he had a quiet game, but he still laid on that goal for for Barnes. And you know, so it, it's just one of them players, isn't it? That even when he's not as his yeah. best, he's, he's still so important. And it's weird with a, a Marty. You know, I was I was thinking this because I like I've got a soft spot for for Big Dan. Always have done. You like but the that. problem? Yeah, but the problem is obviously he isn't brilliant. <laughs> but he's he's yeah. so he's he's not that he's he's just a. A little bit short, Jordan, of being good enough to be a cult hero. He's just not quite a good enough player to be a cult hero. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah, I want to love him and I want to play. Like, if he was just a little bit better, I'd be happy with him playing every week because he has got, you know, some good attributes. But unfortunately, he's just he's just a, a, a level too short of, of being good enough to be a cult hero. And again, it, it told for me yesterday, you look at the bench. I think you mentioned the subs earlier. Evans, he's not fit. We need to offload him. He's never fit. Although he'll probably play twice for Northern Ireland in the cup, you know, this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, he's not, he's never going to play for us again. Vestergaard, not going to waste my breath on him. So Lewis Brunt is on the bench too. And, and Fez is suspended. So your options are Dan Amai or Dan Amai. Do you know what yes, I mean? Yes, exactly. I, I, that's why I like him because, I mean, he makes mistakes because in terms of like technically, he's not good enough. But you can never fault his effort and his application. He's he's just a kind of dependable player. And yeah, I can't I can't slate that uh, down too much. And I was going to come on to KDH because it's what you what you said, Rick. Pre-assist, which I know when Jack <laughs> listens to this back, he will be choking on his South African <laughs> lager. Pre-assist, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, he, he obviously played it to Madison, um, and we scored. But KDH, I, I've um. A rate, and I was thinking yesterday if Thielen was fit, and then Didi was, you know, indeed he'd be first choice. Yeah, Thielen and Madison, you drop KDH. Yeah, which seems a bit harsh. But one of the questions on the Foss way was, was he is he a future captain? And it made me kind of think, well, if we're in the championship, yeah, 
but you forget he's six months younger than Yuri. But he's still, you know, like you said, it's a big couple of games coming up for him now because he's been a mainstay in the, in the team. For me, he, he deserved his place in the team. Um, and it was good to see him back to his best yesterday. And, you know, it's good to have local lads in there. So, um, on the whole, yeah, really, I think it was really positive. Foot, foot first, until they scored, I thought we looked fairly comfortable. And then they scored, it was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, and, and also, we, it's, it's, it's another unwanted record, which we've now managed to get rid of, where mm. we, we'd been, every game we'd been losing at half-time, we'd, we'd lost. So we, we actually managed to, to turn that around. So that that's decent, again, something to build on. And like, Rick, on the goalkeeper then, um, it, it is a big decision, isn't it, with a goalkeeper? Because you're always going to give a goalkeeper yeah. a little bit longer. <laughs> um, aren't yeah, you, <laughs> you are. Um, I think... I mean, Rogers, he's made the change this week, so we shouldn't slate him. And I think it's the right decision. Yeah. What he said after the game, though, was quite jaw-dropping because he's basically had a conversation with Ward. He's told him he's not been good enough and he's only persevered with him because he was a loyal number two for so long. And he mm. wanted to give him every opportunity to, um, you know, to, to deliver, which is a noble thing to do. But when you're doing what we're doing... I feel like he should have made that decision a couple of, at least a couple of games ago. You know, there was, I get we got to the World Cup and we'd won some games and he he didn't seem to be as um, much of a problem as um, he had been at the start of the season. But yeah, the last couple of months, I think it was quite clear that we needed to try Everson. I mean, why we didn't go out and buy another goalkeeper, I don't know, but let's just put that to one side yeah the comments he made I just feel like he it might be all too late because how many points could Everson have maybe saved us you know if it was only one or two points that could be the difference um but at least now it feels like Everson is going to get a run of games Ward may have played his last game for us um which some of us will be quite thankful of but you know Everson's still got to step up and do it um and I'm confident he can. As you say, it felt like defensively yesterday we played a bit deeper. We looked to go a bit more direct if needs be, rather than passing the ball, which suited um, Amati's limitations on the ball. And maybe Everson, you know, Everson's not quite uh, got the, the footwork. So if we've got to do that, we've got to do it. Yeah. And, and there was a couple of times yesterday where Everson's distribution wasn't perfect, um, to say the least. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, I think it is the right decision. Um, you do just get that, that sense from the goalkeeper. You just feel safer, you know, and, and sometimes it's quite a strange thing, isn't it, George, that, you know, there's, there isn't that much science to it, but you just get that, that sense of, I just feel more confident and more comfortable with, with, with Everson in, in goal. You just get that sense with, um, with Danny Ward that he just never really was in complete control. He didn't really have that much confidence and just ultimately just wasn't making enough saves is what it boils down to, doesn't it, as a goalkeeper. Yeah, I think there was a stat. He's got the worst shot to goal ratio in the league. Yeah, that, yeah, it's one, right? one of the worst. I mean, one we, of the worst. We do concede a lot of chances and a lot of shots, so maybe that's a bit misleading. But I, I said before with Ward, he seems to me, and I, I tried to stick up for him as long as possible. Um, because yeah, and, and same to be honest. You need yeah. to with a goalkeeper, I think, and you know, it's not a decision that you can keep swapping over. You, you need to give him time, and you know, I, I think that. Brendan was right to give him time. 
you know, because he's only got the two options. You know, once he's made that decision for Danny Ward to be the number one, you have to give him every possible opportunity. Um, and I think that, that obviously the Chilwell goal last week was was the final straw, wasn't it, for, for Brendan? You know, I, I think he made the right decision there. Mm. Yeah, it feels that way because, you, you know, Ward's been a number two his whole career. He's been at Liverpool. We signed him for a fairly hefty fee for a, a, um, a keeper who's got no experience in the Prem as a number one, replacing the best keeper we've ever had. And you have to, you know, it's a bit like, I say like before, like a striker, both ends of the pitch, most important positions, really. But you have to give them a run of games. Um, you can't just throw them in and out and expect them to, to perform. And I've said before with Ward, it just reminds me of De Gea when De Gea came over and he was yeah. quite thin, um, wasn't very commanding at crosses and things like that. And um, they, I mean, they persisted with him. They're in, a, they're in a completely different position, right? But when Ward's coming into the team, there's so much going on, and obviously we, we start struggling, that becomes a, a position of real focus. But when Everson was in yesterday, he's a big fucker. Um, and it, I don't know, it just seems like he's a, he's a, just a safer option. Yeah, yeah. And you said about his distribution, I ain't bothered about that. Just, yeah. just bang it out of play 70 <laughs> yards from your goal if you have to. Um you know, there's the obsession with keepers trying to play a bit of football as well now. But what happens to just slinging it down the pitch and seeing what happens? That, that don't bother me at all. So, yeah, it looks like Everson's going to get a, a run of games. And it did just feel like, in general, that the the team looked a bit more secure and a bit more confident. It was a big call because, you know, like you said, Rogers could possibly have got sacked if we lost the game. It was a bit of a rumour. So, big call, the right call. Um, don't actually recall him making too many saves, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it was, it was a fairly straightforward afternoon for him. Um, but yeah, I think we're all in agreement, probably the right decision. Um, right, um, we're going to speak to Chelsea now from Union FS um, about um, everything that's been happening this season. There's been lots of issues, frankly, and um, you know the relationship there isn't a particularly good one at the moment. And uh, I know there's a survey happening at the moment. So let's speak to Chelsea now. Okay, then, uh, joined now by Chelsea from uh, Union FS. Uh, mate, thanks for coming on the, the podcast. Really appreciate it. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Just about recovered from, from my stag do that was mentioned on last week's pod with, uh, with Jordan. It was uh, a bit of a str- struggle of a week, if I'm honest, but I'm about, about right now. <laughs> yeah, well, he, had a nap. he had a nap, Jake, Saturday afternoon. He had a nap. Oh, did he? Yeah, just after the Duisburg... <laughs> Uh, 1860 Munich game and seen it seen enough to be honest. I needed a, a little bit of a <laughs> You just you just didn't want to see the Chelsea game either, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I avoided all highlights of that to be fair. Um, no. still made it out longer than you did that night, George, to be fair. That's true, that's very true. But I, I had Mr. S or Mr. J, whatever we call him <laughs> these days, in tow. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Well, look, mate, um, what we want to talk about today is, well, a, a few things really regarding the club and, and UNIFS because it, it has been something that, well, there's been quite a few things rumbling on for a little while now. So we thought it'd be good to, to get someone on uh, yeah. to talk about it and get your views and a little bit more information on on, on what is happening from, from your side. I mean, is my understanding right? We're, we're going to about to have a, a survey about the singing section, um, which, you, which you've had this season and, um, yeah, about whether it's going to continue or not. Um, so yeah, where, where are we at at the moment with, with, with the scene section and, and what have you been told about this? Yeah, that's, that's right, Jake. So I think like the, so there's two surveys about to come out or be released by the club. Um, they may well have been released by the time the pod actually drops. Um, the premise of the survey is obviously just to have a have an understanding of how 
people within the section and outside of the section view how it's gone this year um in terms of like whether or not it's added to the atmosphere um made the atmosphere worse whether there's been any other issues around sort of um like fans behavior or whatever during the um during the season so far um as what we would say from a unfs perspective is that obviously we feel like the section's gone well but could be a lot better if we weren't watching absolute dross for the vast majority of the season <laughs> um i think if the communication from the outset from the club was a little bit better that might have helped things a little bit um obviously with people being kicked out of their seats etc i feel like that probably put us on the back foot a little bit um but i still like strongly believe it's better than it would have been this season had the section not been in place so i do feel like we're moving in the right direction strongly believe obviously that this is starting to become a platform for us going forward and um, the club obviously exploring quite substantially um safe standing and what we want to see from them in that that regard um is is probably more of a qpr model than um maybe just adding a rail in front of the seats like we have seen some away games this year in in the premier league uh and yeah so there's, there's plenty there for us to kind of basically work with um but clearly we've had a few issues over the the, the last last month or so um that probably set i'd say set the group back a little bit set the section back a little bit as well yeah is is there a chance then that um we're not going to have this next season if if the survey goes a particular way well i think it was always badged the section as um a one-year trial yeah I think, it would, I think it would be pretty difficult for the club to renege on that at the end of the season i probably think they'd cause a lot lot more problems than it's worth by actually saying okay well we move everyone back out of that section and have the people that were there beforehand move back in um however it's not within the realms of possibility that that could happen um but i think it would be a big backward step george yeah so obviously i mean i, I know uh, chelsea quite well obviously but I, i'm not um necessarily i suppose a contributing member to ufs or a um fully fledged member but obviously support what the group does and then sit slightly behind so I just want to know what the reason the reasoning was with the club that they moved it to where it was in the first place and then touching on the Tottenham game so I think I mentioned it the other week I couldn't really see anything that had gone particularly wrong um, and I've just checked actually I just googled it um, but that was our first home win since October so you're knocking on for five months yeah, and you beat Tottenham four-one. So obviously you're going to have a bit of a good atmosphere with a singing section that you've designated, and then there seems to be a bit of trouble. So yeah. it just seems a bit of a, a bit of an odd one. Yeah. So f- firstly, on the sort of the, the location of the section. So I think that was that was that was born directly out of what I was working with the club, identifying areas where that could, we could move closer to the pitch. Hopefully, have a bigger area because obviously previously where we were, we were probably only the back 10 rows if that and that just wasn't enough for us to be able to to actually make sure that the atmosphere is carrying around the stadium so moving slightly close to the front setting up where we did felt it gave us a, an opportunity to do that and potentially move on from from that point as and when safe standing eventually is is, is introduced um so that, that's that question then the second one on the on the incidents of the spurs game so yeah, like you say, George, really positive day from from a footballing sense. Not we've not had many of those this this season. Um, do feel there's a fair amount of like boisterousness in that 
that area that particular day. Um, also interesting developments from the club at the, at the outset of that was there was a couple of police officers stationed at the front of the section filming the area, um, which hadn't happened before. Um, I think there was a little bit of Ill, Ill feeling around that and whether or not actually that was actually anything to do with us or not is, 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 is another matter. Um, a few small minor indis- indiscretions that day um, that were perhaps not dealt with well on either side, to be frank. And I think the result from resulting from that has obviously been some some bans issued to to UNFS members. Um, we'd obviously we obviously feel they were a bit out of out of line with with what we would expect. Um, the the like things that you probably see countless times across stadiums, like every single match, which it feels like we're being held to a slightly higher account than other fans, perhaps. Which is it, it yeah, it leaves a bit of a bitter pill to taste really given um the relationship we had actually built up with the club since 2013 so yeah bit of a tough tough month or so really for the group i mean the atmosphere at the ground i think is something that has been a bit of a sticky point i suppose since we won the league or the champions league um, but it, yeah just it, like you say you've worked with them for 10 years now so it seems like you know they're kind of obviously there was the trials in the cup which were over the other side of the stadium in the, the family end and then it just seems they're kind of from an outsider's kind of perspective you know there's a lot of imagery on the website on the social feeds um and everyone wants the atmosphere to be better so it seems like the relationship obviously it's difficult for both sides to manage the relationship but i don't get why it can't be best for both for the club going forward in terms of the atmosphere because at the minute like you said earlier the football is terrible at least if we had like a half decent atmosphere where we're losing one nil at home to Villa next week, <laughs> then that, that's a kind of a minor positive. Yeah, and, and I, I, I wouldn't have been part of the starting of the group if I didn't feel like it had a major impact on how the team perform. Atmosphere is integral to like the team's performance. You can argue it to the cows come home and get got what comes first, chicken egg situation around. Uh, well, the players have to perform for the atmosphere to be there. I don't really believe that if I'm, I'm massively honest, like the fans can drive for better performance from the players. Um, mm. And we have to be there for the rest for the, for the team from now to the end of the season. And I think that's a, we need to be supported with, from, from that respect from the club um, to give us that sort of a little bit of leeway with certain things like waving flags, standing, they already sort of allow us to stand in that area, pretty uninhibited. Um, in comparison to certain areas of, of the ground as well. So I feel like, yeah, we have been a little bit of, I guess, caused, had some problems over the last sort of month or so where we could, would have liked to have avoided them. Um, yeah, it, when in reality, what we need is the whole, the whole group, the whole section, the whole stadium really getting behind the team, regardless of your thoughts on the manager. Um, because that's the only way that we're going to be able to generate sort of an atmosphere that's going to help us with uh, with our home form, which over the last 18 months has been the worst in the league of remaining teams that haven't already been relegated, probably. Yeah, Chelsea, so what, what do you think the plan is going forward? Obviously, you've had some sticky moments recently that ideally wouldn't have happened and you'd want the club to support you a bit more in this. What, you know, what are you lot trying to, 
do because you know I'm reading some a little bit of negativity as well, which I think is unfair on you. Like you, you know, the whole purpose of the atmosphere you're trying to create is there's no negative to that because otherwise we, there is nothing. You know, the, there's no other atmosphere in the ground. So um, yeah, if you got you know, what what you're going to try and do to navigate through it, I think first and foremost we've kind of a state of our sort of overriding principles which is support the team at all costs really we know we've had the same sort of comments since we started like that are negative people are just not going to like us some people people have taken that view from since day one that's fine that's their own prerogative you get it anywhere in 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 england it's a bit of an alien concept to a lot of fans like the homestead fanatics it's like crystal palace get absolutely hammered by people but in reality they've they've driven a pretty good atmosphere at Sellers park for 20 years almost now um we know that we're in a sort of similar boat in terms of actually polarizing opinion um we've got to continue that we, we've also got to remind ourselves of the like, like you say rick the the overwhelming i would say fan base are positive about the fact an understanding of the fact that without the group there actually the atmosphere would be completely flat that was part of the point of what we did against against arsenal we didn't want to go to that game and be silent that was the last thing that we want any of us want to do we we're there to support the team we had to make a point about the sort of what we felt was pretty draconian like punishment towards a couple of our members at that point in time um and we stand by that sort of decision making but equally um we know between now and the end of the season we can well we have to make as much of a difference as we possibly can continue to push um the bits on sort of actually the fact that singer section has been better than it like for, for the atmosphere in terms of like creating atmosphere and if it wasn't there this season push people to hopefully sort of back that when we actually do this when the survey comes out from the club um and and make sure that actually we we still have it next year we're still in a good position for when actually safe standing comes in to kind of grow and be a central force for for, for for the atmosphere that would come out of that sort of area if the club was to, to pursue that um and yeah just to continue to to make sure that we're we're kind of at the forefront of the atmosphere on a day-to-day basis really um yeah i mean i know this is going to sound silly but i do think that between now and the end of the season you know we've got however many games left to save our club from relegation you know everyone's got to make an effort now it doesn't matter you know whether you're part of the singing section or not or what your feelings are you know we've got to make a difference yeah. um and if we don't you know we've got to take our responsibility and for what happens um yeah that, that, that's yeah. right i think that when what we have done over the last certainly last few games obviously notwithstanding the fact that um the Arsenal game, we stayed silent, but in, in the majority of, well, in all games, really, we've made sure that we've be, been with the team for as long as possible. I think there was a slight bit of aggro towards the end of the Chelsea game when it became apparent that we weren't going to get anything out of that. OK, well, where, where does your feeling lie with regards to the manager? That potentially is going to come out at that moment in time, irrespective of whether you're in a group or anywhere in the area, anywhere in the stadium, really. Same thing happened at Forest away. There was a lot of like sort of anti Rogers feeling at that point in time. There's a you end up with a lot of blue on blue action really at the time, and you just it's not something that's at all ideal. But equally, if you if you support the team for eighty five minutes and you know that the game's drifting at that point, why not vent the feelings at that point? Um, 
because the players have got to know that. The manager's got to know it, that they're not performing to the level that we want from it. And I have no issues with it, as long as you're supporting the team for the vast majority of the game until the game is gone, um, then you, that, that's absolutely fine with us. It was like the, um, I was just thinking, Charles, the, the Duisburg game last week, they were 2-0 they were down. Well, 1860 were 2-0 up away and they ended up drawing 2-2. And at the end of the game, the 1860 players went over and there was just nothing, wasn't there? They didn't applaud or anything. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, and that's it. But they gave, they gave them 100% support throughout the game. Uh, and then obviously at the end, they... Yeah, they didn't particularly give them a fantastic reception off. It's a long way back from Duisburg to, to Munich <laughs> after throwing away a two-goal lead against probably one of the worst teams you'll ever see. All right, top man. Um, Chelsea, was there anything else you wanted to add or, or speak about, mate? No, no, cheers for having us on, lads. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, any anytime you want any sort of atmosphere-related discussion, just let me know. All right, top stuff. We'll look. Um, we'll look out for that survey um, and uh, in, encourage everybody to, if you've got an opinion on it, to to get involved in it and, and make sure the club knows how you feel about it. And hopefully kind of moving forward, it'll be a, a better thing for everyone, but mate, we appreciate your time. Yeah. Cheers lads. All right. Take care. Top man. Cheers. Chelsea. Right, right. right then top stuff. Uh, Chelsea there from, from union FS. So yeah, a reminder once again, look out for that survey and um, yeah, I'd encourage everyone to to take part in it, whatever your thoughts on it are, um, because ultimately um, the, the more people that take part in it um, means that, that no one can then complain of whatever decision is then made at the end of things. Um, if you're watching on, on YouTube at the moment, you'll see that, that me and Rick have got a couple of bucket hats on. Um, mine is Austria Vienna. It's the Vienna Derby today. Um, George now got his he's got his Boca Juniors one, um, but Rick's got um, the Leicester bucket hat. <laughs> I have, uh, and the reason why I've put it on, and sorry if you can hear my daughter singing in the background, which you is definitely nice. can. <laughs> but, um, so we've just had Chelsea on from Union FS, which I'm a big fan of Union FS, and I like what they're doing, you know. But my only criticism of them, they sold these hats a couple of years ago. <laughs> Look at the size of them. Look is at that. that. You've either got a massive head or the hat. Well, I am. Well, I, I have got a big head, but I did. I remember <laughs> asking them, "Do they come in uh, sizes?" And whoever it was, a boy, they said, "No, it's fine. Honestly, it'll fit." And look at that; it's just perched on like a little fez. Um, <laughs> it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm um, seeing as we're, we're now, well, we've just been speaking about the the fans and um, some issues that that we've had. Um, with UNFS this season, I did want to quickly um, bring up something which happened in the in the stands yesterday. Now, at the end of the game, lads, um, the players, as they do, come over to the way end, clapped, and then Brendan Rogers came over and did his little clap. Um, yeah, that's the one <laughs> doing his little clap. We all know it. We all know exactly how it looks. Um, but there was um, some booze directed towards Brendan and there was then also a Rogers out banner and that Rogers out banner was from Becky who was on the show last week um and I want to talk about it because um there were some fans literally trying to rip the the, the banner away from her and uh, there's then a bit of unrest and argument then amongst the fans um because of this incident so I'll get your thoughts in a moment on the on the banner itself but the booze how do you feel about this because I'll be honest um I am now at the point where I am Rogers out I am. I don't like despise the bloke. I'm, I'm clearly not as as vehemently out as as other people, but I know I do think we do need a change. But I just didn't really think that the booing was was necessary. I just thought it was a bit odd. 
you know, don't get me wrong, we're still in a shit position. We know that. But we've just done a very, very decent, a half-decent performance. We've just picked up a, 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 a good result. There was just I just I just thought it was unnecessary to be honest, and I don't think it's particularly helpful. Um, and and, and look, I know that fans obviously have every right to to voice how they feel, etc. So I don't want to kind of censor people and tell them not. I just I just personally thought it was unnecessary. Um, George, what did you make of it, and what did you hear about it? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just a bit distracted because I turn around and Lewis Bellamorto's on the pitch and Mitrovic looks like he's about to fill Harry Maguire in. So I don't know what's going on there. But um, yeah, look, the fans have got every right to voice their opinion. Um, obviously, not everyone's going to agree with it. I just feel like we got a point and played fairly well. Yeah. So you have to kind of pick and choose your moments of doing it. I mean, I missed the Chelsea game. I watched the game over in Germany, but... I um, wasn't there. I feel like there was at the end of the game. There was a similar thing. I don't know. It's just shit, isn't it? It's just shit. Like mm. if, if people don't want him there, they're going to voice their opinion by booing or with banners or making their feelings known. It's kind of the only way you can do it. Um. Then again, not everyone agrees with wanting him gone, and you know, in these situations. I feel like it's always the people who want the manager sacked are louder than the people who want him in. Yeah, um, and and it, it's weird though, you know, because this is obviously a, a massive topic, isn't it? And it's I know that that uh, <laughs> that, that Twitter isn't always the the best kind of gauge or, or of of kind of what the, the general public think because it is always like a loud minority. But I really do think that there are more people who are Brendan Rodgers in than than people recognise. Now, there's so many yeah, I people so. I speak to, and then even in the, st- the, the the stands yesterday, you know, the fact that people were so angry by having the, the Rogers out banner, the fact that people were, were annoyed that people were booing, you know, I think there's this 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 consensus and this feeling among the people who are Brendan Rogers out that they think that everyone is Brendan Rogers out, but there genuinely is. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't speculate, but but I, I would say that there's definitely more people who still are back in the manager than probably people recognise. Yeah, like I say, it's like if you, if you wanted the manager gone, the only way you can kind of voice that opinion is, you know, you're paying your money to go down to the game, you train, drink, food, you know, you're looking at 100 quid easily per game away from home. And it's not it's not exactly that much cheaper going at home. So the only thing you can do really is, is be sort of vocal, a banner, singing. The thing I would say is you've got to, back the team in, in the 90 minutes. And and they, and they did, and they were very good yesterday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I say, it's just shit. It's just, it is just absolutely shit because I do feel like the people that want him in are fairly quiet, like a bit quieter. Um, I, I do feel like, you know, looking at the fixtures left and the situation other teams are in, um, without sounding like Brendan, it is in our hands. <laughs> um, and, and also and that's the, the beauty seven, of it that's, that's the beauty of it but within the first <laughs> seven games of the season you know I know we've been on a bad run after the World Cup we've been the worst team in the league after the World Cup but we've been in, in every game and we've created the chances in the games so I think that's when you, know, you look at the board level they're probably exactly the same thinking we're actually like not we're actually not that bad um, and there's a paper in the there was an article in the eye paper, which I've not read. I've read the first line was someone should tell Leicester they're in a relegation battle. Hmm. Well, 
yeah, we know that. Um, I'm sure the players know that. You know, Madison, by the sounds of it, listens to this podcast because he called someone an egg on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah he I saw definitely that. Listened. So if you are listening, listening, Madders, good work. Um, <laughs> nice to see a bit of a bit of fight from from Madders, um, you know, sort of publicly. But I just thought that, like even that article, like Brentford have lost one game in 14, and they they are. You know, they are Brentford, but they're challenging for the top six, eight. And the point is a decent result. So, just kind of boo and want the manager out when he's coming over and thanking you for support. I don't know if it's just the right time. If we'd have been battered 5-0 at home yeah. by Bolton Wanderers on the opening day of the season, then yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like I say, it's just, it is just a shit situation. Like, yeah. I don't blame anyone for wanting the manager out. I, I don't blame anyone for a banner or you know, voicing their opinion because they've got every right to do it, but not everyone's going to agree with you. And that's the same for all walks of life, I suppose. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen the fixtures. It is actually quite interesting, you know, um, that we, I think it's, we we only play a top four side once now, between now and the end of the season. Like we, we do have favourable fixtures. Um <laughs> But also, then the flip side of it is you're going to be playing teams if they're down towards the bottom who obviously have got more to more to play for and are fighting for stuff. So it doesn't always necessarily work like that. Actually, you want the teams who are in mid-table obscurity, don't you? Who are on the beach with with five six games left. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I thought we'd, we'd we'd talk about that. I thought that was interesting. At the end of the game yesterday, as I said, personally didn't really like it. Thought it was unnecessary. But as George says, um, you pay your money if you want to boo him. Then 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 by all means. Um, right? Should we do? Um, who are you? Let's go for it. Rick, are you in charge? I'm going to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no point in me actually playing because I keep winning. So uh, yeah, you might as well keep me as quiz master. Right, let's go. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? You. Yeah, so as uh, Rick pointed out, <laughs> he's unbeaten. Rick, you are unbelievable um, at this game. So I think from going forward, you're either going to be handicapped, or you, you, you're not allowed to guess for the first few clues, or you're just the, the quiz master. Um, Jordan, we were saying this last week. I'm not sure if you, if you heard me listen back. Have you actually won one yet? I can't remember who it was. But you've won one. And, and honestly, um, it wasn't last week. It was the last one I was on. Rick just took it out of my mouth. It was like, you know when you have a shot on target? Yeah. And it's going in. like A bit like a David Nugent against that or do you, or, 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 or do you take a pre-assist, George? Hey. How good a pre-assist? A pre-assist, there's no assist, there's no goal. <laughs> um, so, Rick, um, you... Like this because um, you like to pick out the the clues as opposed to just reading stuff off. Um, so, so are you happy with this week's selection? Do you think you're a good one? Uh, I think so. Um, <laughs> it's an era that I think you like, Jake. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you know, we talk. I need. I need a win. Years. I need a win. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I think it could still be a bit of a battle, but I think. There's enough here that I reckon, yeah, we, we should be able to get this wrapped up in a couple of minutes. Right. I mean, Jordan, would you take a draw? <laughs> <laughs> I'd take a draw for a nil-nil. 
Yeah. Snap your hand off for a nil-nil. Gentleman's draw. All right, Rick, come on, mate. Let's have the first clue. Okay, <laughs> right. He was born... Oh, my daughter's coming again. He, he was born on the 11th of May, 1974. Okay, and he started his career at Liverpool. Okay, so what is he, about 47? He's 48. 48. Okay. And started his career at Liverpool. Right. Um, yeah, obviously going to need some more, mate. No problem. He's six foot four inches. <laughs> and he, he didn't make an appearance at Liverpool. Uh, he did. He went on loan a number of times before going permanently to Millwall, where he made two hundred and two appearances. Um, paid for Millwall, did he? Why? Why am saying that? Um, mm, two hundred times for Millwall. Six foot four, forty-eight. Now I need another one, but I think I'm going to get this very another soon. Another one? Yeah. Okay. Warner earned the nickname Denzel because he looked like and sounded like the character Denzel from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> what's your daughter said, Rick? I don't know. And, uh, hang on, what's up? She's got her baby. Look, here we go. Look. Can you see her? Hey, look. Darcy. It's a weekly appearance. Here she is. Darcy, who is it? Played 202 times for Millwall. Played in the 2004 <laughs> FA Cup final. Oh. We it's we did this one though. Did, uh, oh team. no, I've not picked someone before me, have I, that you've It wasn't Zach Whitbread, was it? No. No. No, because we did have him a while ago. He did play at Millwall, didn't he? Um, I'm struggling with this. I feel like I remember that Millwall team very well because it was such a, a massive story, wasn't it, at the time? This is a scrappy nil-nil draw. It is, isn't it? Territory. Right, let me, let me, hang on. We really I'm should just thinking, this by now. Can I, okay, so we played for Leicester on loan yeah. in the 2008-2009 season, so the year that we won League One under Pearson. Um, and I'll give you another clue. <laughs> we had to make a number of loan signings in that position because they kept getting bloody injured. This is mad. Why can we not he get played four, He only played four times for us. Four he, times. he looked like Denzel or he sounded like Denzel. Looked and sounded like him. Well, I'll, I'll offend a lot of people. My only fools and horses knowledge is is dreadful, so that doesn't really help for me, to be honest. But with all the other clues, I really should have got this by now. Forty-seven, Millwall played in the FA Cup final, played for his we in League One. Six foot four. Is he an outfield player? No, in goal. Hence, why I give you the clue about we had to make a number of yeah. Um, mate, oh, mate. No, 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 no. I got it. Tony Warner. Yes! Yes! Oh. <laughs> Who did you say, George? <laughs> Carla Kime. Uh, yes. Wasn't Carla Kime a different season? Uh, he he was Carlos Sosa. Was that Sven? 
he was yeah, no, he was Paolo yeah, Souza, okay. Carlo Kimo. So yeah. I remember his last game at, at where Norwich and Carlo Kimo played in goal that day. Oh God! I mean that that was, a, that, was a, that was a performance from two struggling sides. That was that's a scrappy. That's last on match of the day territory, that, isn't uh, it? But you got the win. I mean, we need one of these wins, Jake. Why can't yeah. we? Tony Warner on the eighth go. Exactly, mate. You know, I I ground that out, didn't I? Scrappy win. That's Stopped the we're... rot. It's a piss take now. It, it, I feel like Brendan because. You know, I'm creating the chances. So we'll get Jordan out, Banner. Yeah. Who are you next time? (laughs) (laughs) They keep Jordan in. It's our only chance of winning. (laughs) Oh, brilliant stuff. Right, good. Needed that one. He had a feeling that was his goalkeeper, Tony Warner. And I I don't remember anything else of him. Um, Bit of a bit of a strange one, but. But yeah, that's a good one, mate. Good work, good work. We had, I mean, we could we could do a quiz as well. The goalkeepers we had that season. Can you remember them all? There was Mark Bunn, David yeah. Martin, yeah, Tony Warner, David Stockdale, yeah, Paul Dickoff went in goal for a game. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, did, did Dickoff go in goal for a game, or have I um, got that mixed up with Dean Wind? No, Dean Windus went in Dean, goal for Dean a game, Windus, and yeah. Dickoff missed a peno against him, didn't he? Yeah, he lost. that's right, that's right. Or, yeah, or, yeah that was him. mad. Mm. Yeah, there by the way, Carlo Kimmy never played for Millwall, but he sounds like the kind of player that would have played for Millwall. Yeah, he was Wolves, wasn't yeah. he? And I also said, I also said Danny Dickio, who didn't play for us. So, striker, I mean, unfortunate straws, unfortunate yeah. straws. Yeah, yeah, but mate, you know. Yeah, one of them, one of them. Right, um, let's then just have a, a quick chat. I mean, usually, obviously, we, we look at the, the next game now, but obviously heading to an international break now. Uh, it's, it's probably come at a nice time for us, hasn't it? Um, I think, you know, sometimes you know, when you have a, a decent result before the, the international break, you kind of want that momentum to carry on. But I actually think a couple of weeks is probably for the best. Um, it gives a chance for Christensen to, to get fit. And Johnny Evans, I mean, <laughs> I say that as if, he, he will never be fit. Um, but anyway, these couple of weeks may be useful for him. I did think, I did tweet this as well, um, Rick. I'm not sure you, you thought of this, but with Madison getting called up for England, um, like, obviously I'm pleased for him because he's, you know, he wants to play for England. Of course he does. It's it's the pinnacle and all that. But to me, he still isn't 100% fit. You know, there's, there's something still, I feel like he's either taking injections or he's, he's, he's just, yeah, do you know what I mean? He's, He's nursing through, he's soldiering on for the for the greater good and like fair play to him. But if I was him, I would probably have wanted this two weeks to to kind of rest, recuperate, and and kind of then be be fully fit for the remainder of the season. I've just yeah, as I said, please for him. But if he's going to go away with England and then not play again, um, yeah, I'm not sure it's the best for him to be honest. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean from a selfish point of view. Two weeks oh, yeah. break for a player who's been struggling for injuries um, is would be the, the beneficial thing. But I also think, and I know he came back and was injured for a while. I don't think we're seeing the same James Madison as we did before Christmas. No, we're not. Whether he's weighed down by the A armband, weighed down by where we are in the league. I feel like he needs a game for England, you know, and he will get a game unless he gets injured again. They'll play him, and if so, maybe he comes back, you know, a bit lighter in the step, and has a bit more confidence, a bit more motivation, and and uh, so yeah, I know what you mean, um, but 
I, I do think for the for the next remainder of the season, we need Madison firing. And whether it's a risk him not playing, um, I just I I feel like him playing for England might benefit. I'm so sorry, my kids are shouting at me. Um, Darcy's now dressed up as a pirate. Here we go. Put you. Well, let's have a look. But yeah, I I hang on. Here we go. <laughs> Darcy, here we go. Look, yeah, look, can you see her? Here we go. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're the person. Let's see who are. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry, this is chaos again. I, I, the the risk is he gets injured and that doesn't help us. But I think he was going anyway. He'll get a game for him at least one of them, and he'll come back and hopefully that gives him he's buzzed. And he wants to, um, you know, take that forward because he's been a bit quiet. Assist aside yesterday, I didn't think he played very well. No. Um, so then, George, next game is Palace. I mean, Christ, that's massive, isn't it? It's such a big game. Crystal Palace up next. And of course, you know, they've then sacked Patrick Vieira um, this week. Um, we obviously, by the time this podcast goes out or by the time you listen to it they may have got a new manager it looks like it may well be Roy Hodgson which I think is is great for us because I don't think it's going to give them too much of a um kind of new manager boost I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact so I'd be I'd be okay with they got Roy Hodgson I think that'll do as um um do us a favor in in some ways um but yeah it's a massive game isn't it mate because you know they are they are right in the mix I'm thinking of our record at Selhurst Park I've been there so many times and I'm, I'm struggling to think of too many wins, but I've always enjoyed the away day. Um, but yeah, so obviously I'm heading to that one in, in a couple of weeks. And I am looking forward to it. But yeah, what, what, do you, what do you make of the game? Because, you know, we are going to have to really, it's going to be one for me where you're going to have to grind out something. And, you know, ordinarily it's not really our, our forte when, when when games are like that. But mate, this is a massive game, isn't it? On that, on Fellows part, they, they all kind of blend into one. For yeah, they do, don't um, they? <laughs> I think we won, we won one nil when we won the league. I kind of remember a two two. Um, yeah, the two two was it last year? We were two nil, but it took place. It's a tough place to go. But um, I think I said this um, definitely earlier in the pod, but well, on WhatsApp, they've not won in 2023. So you know what's going to happen? They're going to beat us. <laughs> it's just absolutely fair. Yeah. But um, they can't. They can't score yeah, goals. They end up scoring four or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like Palace. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to profess that I watch Palace every week, but from what I can see how they play, it looks like they suit the counter-attack. Um, and even though we're away, I imagine we'll have more of the ball, which is a worry. But, you know, every time I do this, Paul, I look at the table. They play the game more. They're only two points ahead of us. I'd probably take a point. But if we get all three, we're, we'd be like, well, we'd be above them for a start, but we'd probably be 12th with a bit of breathing space. And even looking at the table, you know, West Ham's game hands against Man City, so I think you can write that off. But we've got games hand against Everton, Wolves and Palace. Um, and we, you know, I think 38 points probably should, you know, 38 should be enough to keep you up. Three or four wins and then a couple of, couple of draws, win at home, a couple of draws away. Um, massive game. Um, I'd probably, you know, I'd be happy there with, with a point, to be honest. Even though they've been in absolutely rotten form, um, I'm going Naples on uh, Wednesday. I was going to say, England, yeah, for the England game. Um, I don't think Madison will feature certainly in the away game. 
Uh, I do think Southgate will probably look to play like a, a three four three or three five two or whatever. He probably three four three. Madison won't play. He might play against Ukraine. I would have thought because that's the easier game. But I don't think he'll start. I think he'll probably get like 15, 20 minutes because he's not fit, is he? He doesn't look fit. I'm not sure if he's an operation or. I think he does. What What's wrong with him? But at least you know he'll, he'll probably train. You know, like say he went to the World Cup, didn't he? And he trained and he wasn't fit. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's a similar sort of thing. Um, so as long as he's He's fresh. I don't think we necessarily, with my England hat on, I don't think we need him for, for those two games. I'd rather save him for, for Palace, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Right, lads, um, any other business stage? Rick, George, anything else you want to say today? Or does Darcy want to say? <laughs> I've just told her to be shush. Told her to shush. Uh, I've got one thing to say, actually, and it's probably the most serious thing I'll ever say on this Ooh. podcast but um obviously it's been Cheltenham this week so I people might not know I'm a recovering compulsive gambler uh but anyone who's listening to this podcast you know it's been a busy week people might have lost all their money they may well realize they've got a gambling addiction but if anyone ever needs to chat about it drop me a message on Foxy's Talk Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find me, come around my house. I'll be here twenty four seven for anyone that has got an issue and doesn't know how to help themselves. Because I found help, and I wouldn't be here if I didn't. So yeah, that's just wanted to say something meaningful for once. But um, yeah, so just reach out to me. But hopefully everyone is well and doing okay. All right, mate. Well said. Nice. Um, serious, Rick. All, all, all episode today as well, mate. Um, yeah, don't worry. That that won't happen that often. <laughs> right then, lads. Well, look, George, mate, enjoy um, your international break. Enjoy Napoli. But enjoy the enjoy the week. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and we'll speak to you soon. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six point parlor. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leo. She could she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go. And even in my dreams, I can see my way to my. Sports Social Podcast Network.